Welcome to Utterly Geeks Game of the Year Discussion 2018. I'm Darren Bell. I have Chris Walzik here, and I have Sim Petrella here. We've been recording for a while now. So long! <laughs> so long, and we have many miles to go before I sleep. And here we go. Let us start with best story this episode. Mm-hmm. Best story for 2018. Our current nominees are... Super Mario Brothers 2. Goodbye, everybody! <laughs> no, yep. You know what? I'm okay with this. I'm okay with that. Super Mario... Super Mario Brothers. Uh... We have for nominees Detroit Become Human, Frostpunk, Near Automata, Marvel's Spider Man, and Celeste. There is no God of War in this category. <laughs> <laughs> Ever. No um, more God of War. All right. Again, in the ongoing thread of these discussions, let me talk about Frostpunk first before <laughs> I murder it in its bed. Okay. Fair so, enough. Frost, Frostpunk is a weird strategy slash city builder Mm -hmm. that has a surprising amount of story to it. And really, the story unfolds in the decisions that you have to make by enacting social policies on your little city. Mm -hmm. But these decisions are along the lines of, well, you need to feed everyone, so your food needs to last longer. How do you accomplish this? You can either water it down into a soup which will cause discontent to rise, but you'll feed twice as many people. Mm-hmm. Or you can supplement your food supply with sawdust, which again will have the same mechanical impact. Half the people will be fed, but it will increase the odds of people getting sick. So there are two meters. You have hope and despair. If hope ever drops to zero, it's game over. They will evict you. If despair maxes out, People will overthrow you. Mm -hmm. The fucked up part, if you're playing the main storyline, and again, spoilers abound in this category. Okay. Yes. About about halfway through the main story arc of the main uh, scenario in Frostpunk, Mm -hmm. it becomes obvious that no other cities have survived. London is the only city that has anyone surviving, and you are the last people on Earth. Despair suddenly shoots through the roof, and hope drops drastically. Mm. If you were unprepared for this, it is game fucking over. (laughs) If you survive this revelation, you have to encourage the people in order to move on. Mm. And you're presented with a choice. Do you either motivate people through the use of order, being, okay, we need to be better than this, so we need to adhere to all of our humanistic laws, or do you go with faith and say that God sent you here and God will get you through this? It is simply a means to manipulate the populace. Mm-hmm. In order to do, in order to quell them and make them more content, neither is good, neither is evil, neither just are. Mm-hmm. Both just are. So you pick one or the other, and that'll that'll take you out into different options and different buildings to build at that point. Mm-hmm. If you use this enough, if you use this properly, and you have your citizens healthy enough. 
eventually the cold will become so overwhelming that people literally cannot leave their homes. So you cannot work. You cannot gather resources. You cannot gather food. You just have to hold out until the cold finally breaks. Mm. If you manage to survive and people live, it all warms up, ice melts out, and it does this amazing thing where it plays back all of your decisions back at you as it shows a time lapse of you building your city. Mm. And says, okay, you survived, but at what cost? Mm. You instituted child labor. You put sawdust in your food. You put the boot to everyone's neck who was against you. <laughs> it's a real fucking like, oh shit. It kind of reminds but, me of uh, Undertale. Mm. Yeah, well, yeah, in a, in a similar kind of vein. Mm-hmm. Uh, that being said, I don't see it holding wa- water against a lot of these other games. Mm. For me, it was an amazing story, but I guess more of a moment, which mm. I yeah. guess we'll we'll get to later. Uh, but I think I can strike it from story. Okay. <clears throat> um. Uh, I think I think I would be able to strike Detroit become human from from this list because uh, I think I think from what I've heard with Celeste and Nier, because um, I know Darren and I we we talked about in depth as to what events unfold in Nier, and even though I didn't personally get there, that's uh, the biggest problem I have with that game. I still. Well, I still appre- like again it was that level of appreciation I was like okay that's pretty cool but like just sucks mm-hmm. that fucking it takes you 20 hours of a kind of mediocre game yeah to get because through that first part um, that's that's the whole problem with Nier uh, I, I love Nier and it is probably my favorite game this year favorite story mm-hmm. but you do have that 20 hours of just a, more or less a stock standard character action game Right. That's not even really that compelling. The entire story is these androids don't think machines can feel things, and then you get to the end, and oh, maybe they can, and that's the end. Mm. It's it's not treading new ground in that first playthrough. Mm-hmm. As soon as you load up a second game, you're playing through it from Two B's perspective, and he's kind of the hacker type. He's a recon, right? And so it's a little different from the get go. But it's not until you get to the end, because there's a sequence in the Route A where 2B is knocked offline. Mm-hmm. Or, I'm sorry, 9S is knocked offline, and 2B is trying to resurrect him, find him, and figure out what's going on with him. Right. When you're playing that from 2B's pers- or 9S's perspective, it's all about what he's going through mm-hmm. at that point in time to come up and ready to run again. And you realize by the end of that run-through that they were designed to do this endlessly. Mm-hmm. Every time. So when when you're first playing through and it seems like 2B is really aloof and just, we need to focus on the mission, you know, emotions are, are prohibited, that kind of thing. You think she's just being a cold android. Mm-hmm. But in reality, she's seen this execute time and time again. And she knows how it will end with 9S's death and she will be the one to kill him. And she's actually developed feelings for him. Mm-hmm. 
and there's a that's why she is aloof and cut off and then at at the very very end of route b you make a decision as to who should win this fight mm-hmm. and that will decide your other endings and once i get into like moment of the year that's that's another discussion but the overall arc of near is just so impactful even the moment to moment stuff it's just really unfortunate that they bury it so much that you really have to grind to get there mm. but the more i think about it the more i think that that's important for the impact of that story because that's kind of simulating the years upon years upon years of them doing this over and over again, imparting it on you as a player mm. to where you feel as ground down and as withered as 2B is at the beginning of that game. Mm-hmm. But that's a kind of weird meta layer that you really have to chew on for a while to get to right. that conclusion. Or maybe that's me just justifying the grind of that game. Right. Um, because I fully anticipate going back and replaying that game completely at some point in the future. I mean, I haven't played it, but with you saying, like, characters are named after philosophers and stuff like that, I would assume that there is a lot of intricate details and a lot of thought that went into making that game. So I would assume that there's a reason why they chose to make that first part of ground, grind and make it boring. Yeah. <clears throat> Which is really crazy, and I th- I think that um, th- that's daring because yeah. it's like mm-hmm. you're willing for the art of your game to alienate a lot of games. Yeah. You're, you're willing oh. to say, you know what? Yes. There's going to be a lot of people that aren't going to enjoy this, and they're just going to they're going to be pissed, and they're going to put this game down after ten hours. They're going to be like, mm-hmm. Fuck this what's game. even fucking crazier is that Yoko Taro didn't want to put a message saying, "Hey, you should hit new game, or you should hit continue." Mm-hmm. Square Enix had to step in and force him to do that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so he had reasons for everything that he was doing. Right. Yeah. So that's like to me. I mean, to me, that holds a lot of weight as far as like story and crafting and doing mm-hmm. that. That you would alienate your. The gamers just to get your point across mm-hmm. yeah um, so anyway back to what i was saying about detroit oh, become yeah. human <laughs> <laughs> sorry sorry <laughs> no it's fine uh but no that's that's my point i feel like uh with detroit it's kind of a, a lot of it is it's well executed it's well done it's probably the best david cage game uh that's that's come out i would say better better than heavy rain uh because i was really enjoying like every single character's like story arc and where it was going and was really interested and it even did the fucking uh indigo prophecy thing where it was like you're getting chased and also being the chaser so it's splitting between the two and i was like yeah i fucking (laughs) this is the shit that i love about these games um but that being said, I don't think that uh, I don't think that it holds up to from what I've heard about Celeste and Near and with God of mm-hmm. War. Um, it's it's very well executed. It's a great David Cage game. But that's I I just wanted it to be in a, like an honorable mention as mm-hmm. far as if anything for for that game. Um, yeah. 
Fair enough. Again, again, it's one that I regret not being able to touch this year. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. It, it's great for what it does, but yeah, like against everything else, I, yeah. I'm already willing to to cut that one. Similar to to Frostpunk. Okay. Steve. Um, I'll talk about Celeste because personally. I, I love the story and I love the execution of the story. It's just very simple and it's easy to understand, but I think a lot of it is more just the depth of the character that you play um, mm. that just adds to the to the story. And it's just like how it builds is amazing because the story's building, but you're also building by climbing the mountain. So you playing the just you playing in these that's I think I should have kept the mountain as a character because there's just so much involved in like discovery <laughs> right this. and it like it's just this it's just a lot of self-discovery I really love the story I will say though for me just out of the other three I don't think it's as good as spider-man or God of War Wow from what yeah okay from from what you're saying like i i, I take back detroit i take back detroit no, I'm <laughs> no I, like i just i mean i just really like the story of, of those two games and with like i haven't played near automata but from what you're saying the depth of the story is just insane and there's not that you depth. need to play that there's not the depth in celeste like it's there mm. the power of the of the story that they're telling is there and the feeling is there but when I think about the story, I think it's really good, but I think it's more about the power of the characters than the story itself that's more mm-hmm. driving of playing that game. Because um, it really is just like, hey, I feel like shit right now, and I need to do something that's going to make me feel like a better person, so I'm going to go climb this mountain. Mm-hmm. So it's just really simple. So it's really just a character-based depth game. Um, and for that, I would say it's just not on the level of entertaining story as god of war or spider-man for mm. me okay and that's why i'd be willing to strike it because i think we've already determined that from darren near automata has to be in there but i am not going to let that not end up yeah. on this list and that's the I will and fight celeste you. is the one that i'm most comfortable <laughs> striking off my list of stories mm. okay so then mm. that's our final three god of war spider-man and the winner near automata <laughs> I that that surprises me because I thought you would have picked uh, Celeste over Spider Man. Yeah, I I honestly thought you would have taught as well. I would pick. Cel- well, we'll leave that for a later conversation. Oh, hmm. okay. All right. <laughs> uh, I, I I'm just gonna give Spider Man the shout out because we haven't talked about it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. because uh, uh, I'm gonna really talk about it right now. Um, it's. It's so good at just introduce like yeah it does some retelling of some characters uh, and some villains that we've already heard before, but I think because of it doing it in a twist, in a certain way of just uh, as part of Peter's life, um, it does so well. Um, I mean, fuck it. We're we're gonna talk about spoilers anyway. Uh, oh yeah, go for it. Mm-hmm. I I I think that because it does a retelling of Doc Ock's story, his origin story. Yeah, he's he's the only like big villain that 
we haven't seen yet and he's still a human being and he's like learning he's still just like a human being but peter works with him like he's his boss so he's like kind of like his sidekick as a scientist to help create uh these animatronics for veterans uh so that way they can have functional arms but oscorp is like kind of overfunding them and kind of being able to like push papers to kind of push them out of business and all this shit so this is what causes Otto into that downward spiral of being like i'm gonna use this fucking technology that we've built i'm gonna like not only make it better but uh i'm going to not just replace people missing limbs but i'm going to make people better like so that's where he starts getting in the mindset of like creating limbs for himself and so like as peter parker you see him go into this downward spiral and like you know it's happening like you know like where it's going but because like you're peter is a part of it because he is an influence for it and because he is a motivator for otto like you feel bad for otto and peter because peter is feeling like he's the blame for it for otto going in this path uh of becoming the villain and in the in the end it's just like otto even reveals that he's just like you weren't the center of attention of this this was all about me like you had i don't give a shit about what you do and even though he discovers that uh peter is spider-man like he's like i don't even give a shit about that he's like i i've got my own fucking accord uh that i that i want to do and that just like it like just fucking makes like peter just like double back and be like jesus like you've gone on a whole nother level that i can't help you in a sense like as much as he wants to try to um so i mean that that whole arc is is so great um you know and and i thought a lot of people didn't like the mr negative uh story but because he was new to me like he's actually a fairly new villain that i I thought they made him for that game no he was he was just recently made in the comics um so he's not he's not entirely new but it's it's one of those things where it's like he's a new villain enough that isn't well known that it can justify an origin story for him in this video game where it would still feel new to people who like unless you're like really following the comics like you would be like oh this guy isn't new but it's like if you don't know like all like really know the fucking lore of spider-man you could be like okay yeah no like this this guy seems kind of new like i want to know his tale so i think i think this was like a perfect time to kind of introduce someone like that where it's it's not like what arkham knight was trying to do where it was like yeah it's so new guy guys and then it wasn't um where like people were kind of able to just kind of call them out on it. This was kind of more of like a hey, we want to shine more light on this new villain that we created recently. And so that way it's kind of like more to a, a general audience. Like they can kind of understand this new villain that's been around for not too long. So that way gotcha. like people can kind of know who he is and what his motives are and shit like that. Mm-hmm. Um some some people felt that 
the Mr. Negative storyline was a little too long, but on second playthrough, I've, I felt it was fine. Like, I thought it was well-paced, and he didn't overstay his welcome. I and don't think so. Yeah, and I, I, I thought it was fine, and it was pretty cool. I, um, thought, it was, I thought it was well done, because I yeah. they had to build... And, and that's where I think the Spider-Man story is very good, because it could have been stale. It could have been... Mm-hmm just oh it's it's fucking doc ock again and we're gonna do exactly what they did in spider-man 2 which they do pay a lot of respect to that film by Mm -hmm. like kind of throwing in little easter eggs of of (laughs) the way that that film unfolded Mm -hmm. um and i think they did that on purpose because they were also paying respect to spider-man 2 the video game as well yeah they made this game so i think there's just a lot of that going on but that being said, I I feel like even though they did a similar story of Doc Ock, I feel that they did it in a way that it felt still fresh to me, and I wanted to I wanted to see it unfold, mm-hmm. and that you really they really make you care about Doc Ock because they do such a good job, and this is like the kind of naughty dog like way. Yeah, it's like these characters are so the dialogue is so well written and the Mm. characters just deliver it so well that you care for all the characters that are kind of it's it's so natural like everything everyone's performance felt natural and it felt real it's it's that whole sense of like when they're having a conversation with somebody there's like just little nuances and words that they say to each other that makes it feel so much more intimate and i think that's what rode into why that story just hit with me mm-hmm. is that mm-hmm. you feel like you know all of these characters yeah that, well all the main characters that are involved like you feel like you know doc ock and you're like damn he's a good dude but he's on a downward spiral he like he wants to be the best and and, and the rise of miles yeah and the rise of miles like <laughs> miles what a great character he was mm-hmm. and, like just all of this these i think yeah, it just was. I don't know. There was just something about it that felt fresh, as far and it and it stands up to the best of the Marvel movies, in my opinion. Like just mm-hmm. like, and I I like the Mister Negative story. I thought it was good. Yeah. I thought it was. It was. It holds true to Spider Man. It's this. Yeah. Like, oh yeah. It's a good dude who's gone on this like downward spiral to get revenge. I mean, similar to Doc Ock, just done in a different way, which is the Spider Man way of mm-hmm. like, hey, you know this guy. He's a good fucking dude, but there's shit going on in his life that is causing him to do this. And I just, I thought all of the execution was done. The, all the big moments are amazing, and they just make you, I don't know, it's just all around. That last really 10 minutes is a real roller coaster. The last 10 <laughs> minutes is fucking amazing, and it just, yeah, I, I don't know. I don't usually get into big open world games like that, and that I think it's because the story was so good that it kept me enthralled and kept me wanting to play mm-hmm. yeah it's definitely one i want to get to at yeah. some point here so i know i like if this were just me doing this near automata <laughs> would win 100 percent by a goddamn country mile however god of war tells a very uniquely coming of age and father-son story mm-hmm. that just it was so enthralling that I found it hard to put it down for a long time. And actually to this day, my biggest complaint about that game is that it's hard to take a break. 
<laughs> at any point. That's why I tanked it. It mm. is so amazingly well executed on the story arc, how they deal with Kratos and his past, how they wrote it to a point where someone, much as myself, who has never played any of the previous games, can play it and still emotionally resonate with it on such a deep <clears throat> level. Mm. God of War is just a masterclass. Mm. Near is better, but God of War <laughs> did very well, and I would be okay with it winning this category. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I there's so much of God of War's story I love, and a lot of it really just started with being like, where the fuck are they going to go with this? I mean, is it just going to be him killing more gods? Like, you'd think he would learn his fucking lesson, but this... This story is more of like, hey, Kratos has a son, so there's that little piece of information. Like, yeah. how, how how does he handle it? Like, mm-hmm. you know, so, and and it, it, like, it's still to the point where Kratos still was able to surprise us, even though we knew him at, like, in his previous life. He was still able to su- kind of like surprise us as far as like uh, how he is because we know that he was like changed, but we also know that like we we knew that he would fucking kill if he had to, um, <clears throat> and yeah, and I I think a lot of that is just like the story of Kratos and how they continued it and how he was just trying to teach atreus to just not go into the same path as he did yeah yeah i I, i'll say with i think with god of war what they did that worked so well with that game and and what they didn't do in most of the other god of war games is they grew uh, kratos's character which Mm -hmm. in the other god of war games it is just kratos screaming he's like i'm gonna fucking kill all the gods fuck you yep and it's just this tale it's just a tale of revenge and a tale of him just i'm i'm on my way i'm killing all. i mean he still hates gods in this game he still hates gods but he had there's a side of kratos and it's 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 underneath everything yeah it's 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 underneath his his hardcore exterior of like I gotta be badass Kratos boy get over here, but you see in these moments of like longing where he looks at his son and he turns over and he's like about to like put his hand on his head or something and muss his hair and he stops. You know, it's these little mm. moments of like that makes him feel more real of a character and make makes yeah. him you see more of his human side rather than his god side. Mm-hmm. You see this guy who really loves his son but doesn't know how to say it. You know, he doesn't know how to tell his son that. He loves him and he's he he's proud of him for for doing what he's doing and his son wants it but he he's just this fucking he's this hard ass guy who can't say it but he thinks it you know and you see these little moments and that's where I was just blown away by the game that they that they crafted that and added that into the story which is something that they hadn't done in God of War before. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it, it, I mean it's it's an amazing feat that entire game mm-hmm. to make someone like me who has never given a shit about that series to suddenly be completely on board with it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Man, yeah, it's very deserving of best story. Mm-hmm. So congratulations, God of War, with runners-up of Spider-Man and Nier Automata. Time to get sad. <laughs> it's it's sad, dis- Not sad. Dis- disappointed. There's a very just, clear I'm, difference. I'm just disappointed. Disappointment <laughs> of the year. Yeah. Uh, 
So this is supposed to go to games that we initially had high hopes for that suddenly pivoted and those high hopes were dashed. Uh, mm -hmm. Before I even read, let me delete a couple of these because I don't think I even want to mention them. <laughs> <laughs> so we will do that and cut that down. For those of okay. you listening, I deleted Metal Gear Survive. I had no expectations for that. No. And Mario Tennis Aces, which, again, I had no expectations oh. for that. Okay. It, I mean, okay, let me talk about it since I brought it up. <laughs> uh, I like Mario sports games. Uh, I bought Mario Tennis Aces because I had friends who bought it and were like, oh, my God, you have to play it. It's so bare bones, and it's just not – it's not great. Like I'm, I'm so much more about oh. Mario Golf. Sorry, I thought I thought you were continuing what your friends said to get it, and it was like because it's bare bones and it's not a great no, game. No, 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 no. <laughs> it just no, that I was mean, that was how my brain was real quick, and I was like, why would you listen to your friends and buy the game then? <laughs> no, they they really like it, and there is oh, okay. a single player mode that is it's okay, but mm. outside of that, it's just eh, whatever. Yeah, not not worth my time. Uh, what we do have finally nominated are Sea of Thieves, Monster Hunter Generations Ultimate, the PlayStation Classic, <laughs> Nintendo Switch Online, the Fixed PUBG campaign, and I guess the PUBG community. Yeah, I I, I, I can I can strike that one out. That was more of a mention, uh, just okay. because I I was just it was disappointing just because like almost anything and everything that. PUBG was announcing for like new features or or new whatever it was always the community was just abusing their power of bitching enough or yeah like bitching enough that eventually that the developers would be like oh okay well yeah we'll rethink this this whole thing like one case in point was the um when they were going to add the tagging system uh, before it, what it is now, originally it used to be a marker, just a little marker that would appear in 3D space, which was actually pretty impressive. Uh, if you just looked in, a, in an area, you just had to hold, hold Alt and then middle mouse button click, and it would tag on both the minimap and on everybody's screen. Like if you actually looked in the direction, it would show a marker as to where someone is. So oh, that way, awesome. so that way, it was like a quick way to be like, "Hey, someone's right there," because like there were so many instances where I played with friends who played really casually, who like I would call out the numbers, I would call out like the building, like what it looks like, and they would still be like, "Where is it? Where is this person?" or mm -hmm. whatever, and and so like this is where something I was like, "Oh my god, this is the solution I I want." Where it's just like, I could just be like, boom, there. Press two buttons, that guy's right there. Like, check out my marker. And, but I can also see the argument where some some streamers basically rebound the key to their fire, their shoot button. So every time that they fired their gun, it would tag where that person was every time. So that way they don't have to push, like, extra buttons. It would just be like, boom. I'm shooting at this person. I'm tagging them. So okay, like, yeah, that makes sense. Yeah, so like, okay, so that makes it a little bit easier. Um, but I, I guess for 
the the reason why I was just disappointed was because so many people kept bitching about it, and they were like, oh, this this will make the game easier, it's supposed to be hardcore, it's supposed to be realistic, blah, 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 like, you would never fucking be able to see a fucking tag on someone's eyes, like, of being, of being able to see someone and, like, all this shit, and eventually they, like, took it down entirely, and now it's just a... Now it's just based off of your compass. It doesn't show up on your mini-map. It doesn't show up on screen. So if other people look, they'll see the little marker. Now it's just based on the compass. Uh, it'll just be like a color that'll show up. So now people just look oh. in the general direction, and then and then they can they still have to figure out like where they are. Um, so so I I was just disappointed just because of they abused the system of just bitching so much to the devs and, like, kept tagging uh, community managers that were on the PUBG subreddit. They kept tagging him on all this shit and being like, this is fucking broken, this makes the game casual, blah, blah, blah. And then eventually they were like, okay, all right, we'll we'll just remove it then. And it was just like, Jesus Christ, like... So really, you're complaining about the internet in 2018, <laughs> right? <laughs> At its core. But that's why I'm willing to just strike that out because yeah. because it's just more of a personal level of just disappointment, right? Uh, I'm kind of in the same boat with Monster Hunter Generations Ultimate. That mm. was the Switch port of Monster Hunter Generations Ultimate. Mm. The disappointment is that this came out after Monster Hunter World. And it is going back to the original Monster Hunter bullshit, like which was would be okay if Monster Hunter World didn't already exist. Mm-hmm. But I'm willing to strike it. Mm. As is the PlayStation Classic. That thing is a dumpster fire and a <laughs> goddamn nightmare. But I don't have any personal connection to the PlayStation history. Right. So it's not really a disappointment for me, more of a cautionary tale. Yeah, I just don't know how you guys feel about it. Yeah, for me it was it was kind of like one of those things where I was like, "Oh, cool, it's happening." But like the more that I was reading up and hearing about it, I was like, "Oh, that kind of sucks." But I wasn't like, "Yeah, man, fuck Sony," you know? Like I, it was just yeah. like, "Man, that was just some weird choices that they made." Yeah, I felt the same way about that. It was like, "Oh, cool that they're doing it," and then when I heard it sucked out or just not good things about it, I was just like, "Eh." Whatever. I wasn't, yeah. like, heartbroken. I, I mean, I most yeah. likely wasn't going to get it anyways, but... Right. Not like not like Sea of Thieves. Yeah. <laughs> where, hi, I'm Rare Software, and I haven't developed an honest-to-God game outside of a Kinect game in decades. Mm-hmm. So here's our first big game. It's our big pirate game that we've been, always wanted to make, and it's, like, No Man's Sky... Where you make your own story, and it's pirates and it's online. Mm-hmm. Just like, man, I went from so excited for that game to so blah about it just because of the open beta. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That it's like, man, it could have been so good. And I really hope in my heart of hearts that they are working on something else. But I don't see how Sea of Thieves doesn't end up on this list for us. I mean, we're already down to three options, honestly. I know. I'm, I'm just <laughs> saying for right. the record. Yeah. Right, right, right. Yeah. Um, no, I, I agree with that. I, I was very disappointed in that game. Because there's so much that can be done. So many fun yeah. pirate things that you should be doing. And, yeah. you know, and, and with our time with the beta, because, I mean, all three of us played it, didn't we? Mm-hmm. Yeah. During, during yeah, our time with it? we grouped up. That yeah. nightmare of a grouping up scenario, <laughs> oh if you remember God. correctly. Oh, God. 
Um, so bad. Yeah, I mean, like, yeah, and it's it just the, yeah, it was like after we were done playing, I was like, so what else is there to do in this game? Like, that was the thing that kept bouncing around in my head. Yeah. After we were done, I was like, yeah, that was cool, but that was only cool for, like, the hour or two that we played it together. Mm-hmm. And then what did we do after that? Nothing? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, exactly. No, like, it, I think there's a couple cool things with that game. But I think overall, right. like, you can't put... Like, I would never be able to put a lot of time into that game because it's just... No. <clears throat> yeah. I, and I had some friends who still fucking bought it, and I'm like, why? <laughs> like, did you not play the beta and then see where that game was going? <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah, it just... So disheartening. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Uh, we need to talk about Nintendo Switch Online. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yes. It is it is disappointing in the execution mm-hmm. of what that is. I do agree that it should be in the top three. Yes. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> I don't think it wins because you at least get to play NES games on the go with that, and that is their virtual console replacement. Like, there is some value to be had there. And plus, like, Wally, you just paid for it with gold coins, so it only cost you eight bucks. Mm-hmm. Like, that's that's the upshot. It's yeah. cheap. I think mm-hmm. The downshot is everything else. Yeah, I think it's disappointing what they have now, but mm-hmm. it could change. It's something that can get better, I guess. $20 for a voice app. Yeah. <laughs> I mean that's really bad and disappointing. And it, I mean, fuck, we don't even use. We're none of us are using that anyway. We're no. going to be using Discord yeah. for Smash. But you, but you have to use the app to accept invitations. Mm, like in shit. in Splatoon two. Oh <laughs> god, lobby really? Up, you have to send bitch. an invite in game to someone else's phone. Oh. <laughs> and then you just. So have I'm to going to have to download. Phone. So I'm going to have to download that fucking app then. Is yes, what you're you telling. are. Yes, you are. Uh, disappointed (laughs) they might however do a similar thing that they were doing with splatoon i'll bet you smash brothers will have a separate app in it where you can purchase things in game and have them delivered to you so that's a neat thing but again yeah it's not it's not great it's not great you shouldn't have to split it like that and it's the most disappointing nintendo like solution to date Mm -hmm. aside from the wii microphone if you yeah. remember that thing. Oh, God. We Speak. Yeah. I think this is the most disappointing thing since We Speak. <laughs> uh, <sighs> last thing we have here. I didn't look at this. Fill me in on Fix PUBG. So, Fix PUBG was there. In, in a nutshell, it was basically a marketing scheme. Yeah. More than anything. Uh, but Fix PUBG was supposed to be. This big promise from the PUBG Corp where they were like, okay, we realize there are a lot of complaints, there are a lot of bugs, we've seen them, what we're going to do is we are going to have this like multi-month process where we create this website to report all your bugs, all your issues, uh, uh, any anything that you have report it to this website because this is where we'll be looking at it so that way it's it's like a one-stop shop for all reports 
of what's wrong with PUBG, and this is where we'll be addressing everything, all these issues. Um, and by, what was it they said, October? Uh, they were like, by October, we'll have everything fixed by then. And then we'll, and then, you know, depending on, we'll list out in detail of like what we fixed and what's still on the plate and what we're going to be fixing and what we're going to be adding uh, after the month of October. And like, that's basically our outline. So everyone was like, cool, awesome, finally, some kind of fucking plan that they have for this thing. Uh, the thing is, is that while this was good in theory and it was working during kind of working while it was live, uh, October came and went and everybody was like, so what's happening now? Like what? No, it, like, cause nobody, none of the community managers or there were no posts or anything about PUBG, like all of the month of October and like even before October, people were like, Hey man, are you going to have any plans to tell us what's coming up after fix PUBG because you're coming up to that deadline and they they didn't say like anything like oh well, we have something soon they didn't say anything like that they just stayed quiet the entire time and just kept pushing out fucking more and more cosmetics more fucking skins more skins for your character or for your guns and all this shit and more crates and just not saying anything as to what was going to be happening with the fuck the fixed PUBG campaign. So like you almost said the fuck. I, I, I know, I know, I know. It kind of was. That's um, what it is. But but yeah, so it was like it, it like came and went, and like they didn't say anything. And it wasn't until I think like recently, like I think it was last month, near the end of last month, where they said, okay. Here's what's going to happen. <laughs> like, like they sent out a dev letter that was called like Reap uh, Fix PUBG or something, and then they <laughs> laid out what they're gonna do and what their plans are and all that shit. But really, it's just like it's just so disappointing because it was one of those things where it was like it seemed like something that was totally like, all right, they're really gonna fucking do it because they they made a website, they made a one stop shop for all the reports instead of just having it scattered all over the internet. Like it's mm-hmm. just a one place that that they will look themselves. And but mm-hmm. really, it was just a fucking marketing ploy just to get people to fucking be like, oh, this developer so it seems like they're listening to this game, so I'm gonna buy it. Like, yeah, it was totally a fucking marketing ploy and. It's just disappointing for that. Yeah, they they almost made it sound like if you gave if there was enough comments about like a certain thing that they would fix it like as it goes like mm-hmm. as as things go along it almost made it sound like that you know like yeah. oh we're gonna fix this if we get enough comment comments we're gonna look into it and fix it and make it make it a keep, higher yeah, higher it's just issue keep building and building until like at the end shit's fixed and we're like hey good mm-hmm. job guys but nothing happened you know it's just like mm-hmm. but like you said it was definitely a marketing ploy because their numbers were down people were like this fucking game's buggy i can't play it and they were like because 1.0 came out yeah. and then well 1.0 and then it was like even more broken than mm-hmm. when yeah. it was on early access yeah it feels like every time they came out with an update like they fixed something but then something else broke you know it was just yeah like, one step forward two steps back yeah basically and then with this it made it sound like they were like all right we're done with we're we're sick of having issues let's get this let's get this shit fixed 
but it was mm-hmm. just right. them saying, "Buy our game, please, because we're working on it." But we're really mm-hmm. not, yeah. <clears throat> and that's it's that's a bummer. Okay. Yeah, because it it seemed like, because like even I mean that was why I got PUBG in early access because I was like, man, the developers seem like they give a shit, mm-hmm. and 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 Fix PUBG was like, it seemed like they were being like, okay. We haven't done that, but we're going to start doing that again. Like, it, that's why you loved our game. That's why you bought it. And so we're going to start doing that again. We're going to start listening more closely. But yeah, it was totally just a fucking marketing ploy for mm. it. And it's just like, ah, right. you fucks. Because during the f- fixed PUBG phase, that's when they released that fucking season pass event pass bullshit. Yeah, they did All too. Right. Yeah. All we're right. really listening, guys. <laughs> So it really does need to be on this list. Yes. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think my clear winner in this is Sea of Thieves, simply because I had so much expectation behind that in Rare coming back finally. Mm-hmm. And then having it just be <clears throat> yeah. just be what it is. It's Yeah, I think for me, Sea of Thieves is, is the biggest bummer just because comparatively like with with PUBG is a bummer too for me but with PUBG I know I know like someone else is gonna do it better at some point you know and it's just mm-hmm. like, yeah so I'm not too bummed that they didn't because I knew at some point I'm gonna stop playing this game where Sea of Thieves I wanted Rare to release a great fun pirate game and I was so looking forward to it and then when yeah. we got to play that I was just so fucking bummed out because I was like damn man all the hours that I could have had fun with my friends being a fucking pirate are now yeah. just kind of gone. Yeah. Because you know? <laughs> really there's upset. no real story. There's no real anything other than... Yeah. Ugh. Such a disappointment. Yeah. I, I mean, I'm willing to accept Sea of Thieves as that. I mean, you know, even though I was super bummed about PUBG, but it was also mm-hmm. like... It was almost expected yeah. at this point just because of... I just saw this slow train wreck happen. Whereas, like, Sea of Thieves, it was kind of like... I was kind of rooting for it. I was Mm -hmm. like, yeah, fucking Rare hasn't made a good video game in a long time. And, like, hopefully this will be the thing that will kind of turn them around. And they seemed really fucking passionate about it. And they seemed really, like, excited for it. So that's why I was like, man, this seems awesome. And then, you know, like we were all saying, we got to that beta and it was like... Oh. Oh, no. <laughs> yeah. So, congratulations, Sea of Thieves. <laughs> Disappointment of 2018, followed by the fixed PUBG campaign and Nintendo Switch Online. Let's switch it around. Next topic is Surprise of the Year. These are games that we didn't expect a lot out of, but then, surprisingly, we really like them. Somehow, some way. <laughs> Uh, right. There's a couple of items here that I'm just going to shift down to the next category. Okay. Because I, one of... We have listed Forza Horizon 4, God of War, The Awesome Adventures of Captain Spirit, No Man's Sky Next, WarriorWare Gold, Detroit, uh, Call of Duty Black Ops 4, Super Smash Brothers, and then a couple of in-game like story beats that I believe are better suited for moment of the year. Uh, yeah. 
I guess. I'd, 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 I'd agree with some of that, yeah. I was looking at surprise as more of like, whoa, like a shocking thing. But yeah, I would agree with that. Oh, it, I, I think, it, yeah, it was... I think, yeah, well, okay. that's why, yeah, that's why... I no, I, I, I think they would be fine under moment. Yeah, I do too. No, I, I actually okay. agree with that, okay. thinking about that. I think I have okay. a lot of these, like, down there anyway. <laughs> right. So, I have... Um, the Awesome Adventures of Captain Spirit, to me, was surprising in that it was the first official follow-up to Life is Strange. Mm, that's right. They announced it and released it the same day of E3 for free. Mm-hmm. And it was the introduction to that. And it, by all intents and purposes, I played through that, and it really struck the Life is Strange beats. Mm. Surprisingly, they're like everything around it was free. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I don't think it hangs with a bunch of the rest of this. Okay. Uh, similar thing with No Man's Sky Next. Following the development of that, it looked like they were finally on, on path, and it was good to come out. I, I think the surprise there is that they kept working on it mm-hmm. to that level, but uh, I'm willing to part ways with it. Same thing with WarioWare Gold. It's more of a shocked, hey, you made a new WarioWare. That is a best of WarioWare collection. Fantastic. Mm. It's really Mm. good. If you have a 3DS, still, you should pick up WarioWare Gold (laughs) because it's really fucking good. Mm. There's there's surprisingly a very good story in there. Huh. Yeah, there's a WarioWare story where they introduce a brand new character. (laughs) It's it's weird. It's fucking weird. Mm Mm-hmm. Uh, but I'm willing to part with both of those. God of War. Let me talk <laughs> about my history with God of War. God of War was always a franchise to me that was just dude bro, angsty, angry bullshit that mm. I wanted nothing to do with. And for mm. God of War 1, 2, 3, Ghosts of Sparta, I believe I was justified in skipping Chain- all of those games. Chains of Olympus. Oh, there's another that's one? The Jesus one. fucking Christ. One. That's the fifth one. Anyway, I believe in my tastes, I was justified in skipping those because it was nothing I wanted to do with. Mm-hmm. So when they announced the new God of War, Wally got all excited, and I'm happy that you were excited. Happy that you were <laughs> getting a new God of War. But then you both played it and told me, no, you have to play this. And I did not anticipate being sucked in that much. For me, it is absolutely shocking that God of War struck such a big nerve with me so much that I would consider myself a fan of that series now mm-hmm. and will follow it to wherever it goes next mm-hmm. it is an incredible achievement uh, to a lesser extent Forza Horizon 4 I don't really get into driving games all that much and when they announced that at E3 and they kept banging on seasons change everything I thought it was such a corny and dumb thing but it grabbed me in a way over the summer that it's really fucking great. Mm. It it has a driving game hasn't grabbed me like this since Burnout Paradise, and I would put this right up next to Burnout Paradise as a suitable follow up to that, even though it's a different studio and everything. But it was right. an absolutely phenomenal game. Hmm. So, let me... I'll talk about my games. Uh, so, Detroit. Um, 
while playing that game, I mean, you know, I've played every David Cage game, so I was just like, I know I'm going to fucking play this game. Like, I know I'm going to get it. Uh, but the entire time while playing Detroit, I was waiting for it to do the usual David Cage thing where it just goes really fucking out there. And he thinks it's some ingenious fucking thing, <laughs> but it actually stays pretty grounded all throughout and actually tells a really good story. And all the character arcs that unfold for everyone and e- each one of them is very unique and different and tells a different perspective as to, uh, I mean, the, the whole overarching story is like, you know, do, do androids have feelings? Like, do robots have feelings? Uh, can AI like start thinking like a human and, and feeling like a human? I mean, that's the overarching theme of that game, but it takes it from different perspectives with different situations and different results and different character arcs that it like covers all bases between all the cross of the characters and all the side characters that you meet uh, along each of their paths. And oh, so it's near. <laughs> not as right. good well yeah right hey but i played detroit all the way to the end so fuck you <laughs> Fair. Uh, <laughs> um but yeah no i think uh you know now that you put it like that um no i i i just really liked it from from beginning to end and it like i was shocked that it was uh, just a really good uh, story and characters and all, all the little moments that it has and some of the big moments that it has uh, was really fucking well done. Um, I, I've been meaning to do a second playthrough of it, but, you know, like games come out and you're like, ooh, yeah. shiny. Because um, mm-hmm. the other thing that like was such a big draw for me was this was the first game, David Cage game, where they were like, okay, here's all the paths that could have had different outcomes. Yeah, like it shows you that flow chart. Yeah, and it, so then you're like, oh, fuck, what would happen if I did this thing? Or what happened? To the, like, sometimes it gives you hints. Like, it's like, oh, if you got discovered or something, like, then it would show a different path. So you're like, okay, I, I would have to get seen in this stealth segment to, like, unbranch that path. Or to unlock that path, but there's like a ton of them that are just locked and just blank, and you have no yeah. idea. And that's just like a lot of sense of discovery that you're just like, oh fuck, what do I have to do to like? That to, seems like to a get really some... smart and great evolution of that style of game. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's yeah, and th- and that's why I was like, fuck, it's real good <laughs> <laughs> for just for that series of that kind of game, right? Uh, um, as for Call of Duty, I mean, I know we kind of talked about it briefly, but, uh, I mean, I, I, I had fun again in a Call of Duty game and mm-hmm. like three was okay. Like the, the most that I played a Call of Duty game was like Black Ops two. Um, I didn't even touch fucking, uh, Advi- Infinite Warfare or World War Two. Like I had no interest because like I kept hearing all the shitty things about about those games and like the multiplayer wasn't good and like even to the extent of like World War Two. When I played the open beta for that on PC, it already had hackers on it 
and I was like, I was like, cool, this is dead on arrival. I have no fucking (laughs) interest in this whatsoever. Because I was like, I was like, oh man, Call of Duty going back to its roots with with World War Two, like cool, like that. That is something like you know what they started with. So yeah, it could be really fucking good. But yeah, like once I started the multiplayer and saw hackers, I was like, well done done with that aspect and then like i heard that the single player wasn't great either so i was like cool even more reason for me to not want that fucking game but um and and it's kind of weird that even though they totally gutted out the single player of this game between the blackout and the multiplayer and zombies whatever um but (laughs) just like i i i felt like with those if my whole stance on the new Call of Duty was if you like at least two out of the three modes that are there, then I I think it would be worth it. Like, um, maybe not $60, but... Maybe um, 30 Yeah, right? <laughs> Fancy that. Um, but no, and, and it was just like, I was actually having a good fucking time with this game. And no matter what yeah. mode I was playing with, playing at, and I was just like, damn, this is... This is shocking because normally, like, for the longest time, every time whenever I heard a Call of Duty game coming out, it was just like I was just hearing the same shit again and again. And I was like, okay. And more to that point, like, I really enjoyed myself during the open beta for Blackout. Mm -hmm. Like, which was completely shocking to me because I'm, like, completely over the whole Battle Royale thing. And I'm even more over Call of Duty. But to enjoy a Call of Duty Battle Royale... And, and it's the a fact fucking that, weird thing. And the fact that they were able to... Because you know they they made that fast. Like, yeah. Because that was definitely something where before this Call of Duty was announced, you know that they were like, oh shit, we need to get a Battle Royale game yeah. in our in our game. But the fact that they were, they were able to make it and, and it succeed pretty well... Um, yeah. you know, despite the netcode thing, but like it works pretty well for for that game and that BR mode. Like that's that's also pretty fucking surprising in and of itself. So, yeah, very surprising thing. Mm-hmm. Then I put Smash Brothers because, but that- it came out this month, so it's <laughs> null and void. No, no, the fact that Smash <laughs> Bro- No, I'm not talking about. The game itself. I'm talking about the announcement of a new Smash. And oh. it not being... Wow. And it not being... Because obviously Smash is going to be a good game. It doesn't surprise me. I mean, we're not okay. we're not talking about it this year. But um, it was the fact that in March, they announced Smash was coming. And that it was coming this year. And that it wasn't... A port. A port of the other Smash. Which... I was very surprised by it coming out. So like, oh yeah, that that was where my surprise was. Was just like, but also that everyone is here mm-hmm. and <laughs> just the right. fact that, that yeah, there's, yeah, and in fact, I know we're not talking about it right now, but for it to come out and be as good as it is, the the single player aspect, like they yeah, really so went really fucking hard on the single player aspect. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, for them to just kind of like throw this game out at us and it be that far in development and not like coming out earlier with anything, that's where I was surprised. 
And like now, yeah, and now after playing no it, it's even it's even more surprising out of like like what Wally said, the single player and all that stuff. Like how much is actually there? Mm-hmm. And yeah, for yeah. there to be no leaks, and then I think it was like March or something they announced it, and it was like, holy shit! And mm. like I mean, I wasn't surprised because I thought it was going to be a fucking port. But then when they said it wasn't, then that's where I was like, wow. I'm pretty surprised. I think by that. I th- I think for me I wasn't surprised for and I didn't believe the whole port thing until it was I was actually playing it. Mm. Because yeah, mm-hmm. even e- even though they did announce their adventure mode um but I think for me it 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 really hit home that I was like okay, yeah, this is I I still kind of consider it Smash 4 plus just because it is still it's built on that foundation. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Right. But but I think also the fact that like with how much that they've done with a lot of the single player stuff, like with the classic mode and the adventure mode, then I would definitely agree that yeah, it is more than just a port. Mm-hmm. Like they yeah. really did take some time to to do more with it um with Smash 4 being the base foundation for it. Mm-hmm. Okay. But yeah, I mean, we can we honestly we can strike it because I was just looking. I didn't. I wasn't looking. I don't know. In my mind, I wasn't looking at it as like, oh, I was surprised by playing this game that I liked it. You know, that mm-hmm. I was in my head. I was just oh, thinking, what okay, surprised yeah. me this year, and that was like the first right. thing that <laughs> came into my mind. So, I, okay. like, since it doesn't coincide with all the rest, I think like I'm fine just striking that off, anyways. Okay. So. I'm going to posit that Call of Duty Black Ops 4 is on this list because mm, yeah. it surprised all of us Yeah, in the quality I, of that. I agree. I mean, I don't own it, but I'm shocked at I'm contemplating buying a Call of Duty game. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I agree. Um, one of these needs to get cut. To me, to me, God of War wasn't a surprise just because I knew, because I was looking forward to where that was going, to where that game was going. Right. My point is, I was not. Right. I couldn't have been less motivated (laughs) to play a God of War game. I think right. uh, I think with the with God of War though it's more of a Darren's moment of surprise. Right. Rather yeah, than certainly. totality of surprise, you know, because right. I mean but that's kind of the same thing with for with Forza Horizon and Detroit because right. yeah. so I was the that, only one that played Detroit and Darren's the only one that played Forza. So with yeah. that in mind, I'm willing to chop Forza over God of War because I have had fun with that franchise in the past. Okay. Mm. And I, they made a real good Forza, and I didn't expect to be hooked as much. But the shock with which I am just floored by God of War, mm. I will I will okay. kill Forza in the crib. <laughs> yeah, you will like, kill Forza with that axe, think, with that Leviathan axe. Oh my I think God. the surprise of the year should be Darren likes God of War. <laughs> <laughs> yes, I agree with that statement. I I will accept that. <laughs> I will. I will. Accept that. <laughs> we're, we're gonna. Darren like. Darren like Catabois. Um. Okay. So, what wins in this category then? 
I, I still think Call of Duty has the slight edge. Yeah, because because of the track record. Yeah, yeah, because because they because Activision could have done the same fucking thing. I mean, they kind of are, but it's nowhere near as harsh as what it was with Infinite Warfare and World War Two. They kind of right. dialed it back. Yeah, I think I'm I'm good with that. Because yeah. hey, they could have they could have remastered Black Ops One and then remaster and then remastered it and then fucking mm-hmm. paired it up and bundled it up with four and then sold it separately later mm-hmm. and all this other shit so well congratulations call of duty black ops 4 for winning surprise of the year with runners up of darren likes god of war and <laughs> detroit become human <laughs> oh next category is moment of the year these are story beats elements things of the games that we've played that have stuck with us Mm-hmm. Deep and emotional. Buckle up. <laughs> I'm sorry that my list is so fucking long. Don't <laughs> worry, I will whittle this down in my brain as we as we talk about it. We have four nominees: the Celeste finale, fighting the stranger in God of War, fighting the dragon in God of War, f- getting the blades of chaos in God of War. <laughs> The Spider-Man finale, trying to understand Gorgoa, <laughs> Aunt May's death in Spider-Man, the opening of Spider-Man, the ending of Spider-Man, <laughs> the Grand Central Station hostages from Spider-Man, the final act of A Way Out, Marcus lives through Android Hell and Detroit become human, uh, Atreus calls for the World Serpent and God of War, Burning Mother, the opening of God of War. Atreus discovering he's a god in God of War, Pascal's evacuation from Nier Automata, ending E from Nier Automata, and surviving the cold in Frostpunk. Let me eliminate surviving the cold in Frostpunk. I (laughs) talked about it. Yeah, you did. It's a a great and startling moment that will stick with me forever. No, I... I, Yeah. Uh, But there's, there's... bigger more emotionally impactful moments this year uh yeah so let me let me go through my list because there's a lot of shit i need to strike down um some of them i knew that i was just going to do honorable mentions right out of the gate um one of them being the first one i'm going to bring up is uh marcus lives through android hell uh this was the turning point for marcus uh his the one of the three characters uh where he it's that turning point of he's like, I'm going to start a revolution. How do I start? Uh, oh, okay. And and this was that turning point. But the reason why it struck me was just because the presentation of it uh, was so well done and the execution of it was so well done. And it was just fucking horrifying, the, this entire segment. Um, because basically what happens is Marcus gets uh, destroyed and then left for dead, in a sense. Uh, but you Whoa, wait. spoilers in this category. <laughs> By the way, for everyone listening. <laughs> There's going to be spoilers. Uh, yeah, I'm just letting you know. <laughs> um, so he's basically left for dead, and then thrown into this fucking pit with all these other androids. And so he kind of boots up, and he's got damaged parts. And during this whole segment, 
while you're repairing your parts, which, by the way, is going to find other androids. Some of them is straight up killing them or not killing them, and it leaves you that option because you're walking around and you see, like, androids that are, like, cut in half and, like, some of them are crying out that they don't want to die. So it's, like, you have the option of whether if you want to, like, stay with them whether in their final moments or end their life or, like... (laughs) All this shit that's happening, uh, and like it also gives you the option of, for some of them, if you do kill them, and if they don't ask you to kill them, then yeah, that's a negative impact. But you can also take their parts to repair yourself, so that way it's like it's one of those selfish options of being like fuck you, like I'm going against your cries of help and stealing your parts for myself, so that way I can repair myself. But on the flip side, there's some other parts where it's like you come across androids that don't want to be alive anymore. So then you basically remove their like core chip or whatever. And then it's like, oh, well, this is still functioning. So I'll use this. Um, oh, God damn it. I need to play this game now, mm-hmm. don't I? Mm-hmm. So there's a God lot of. Damn it. So, that, so this whole segment of like going through Android, uh, that's why I call it Android Hell, is because. It, it feels like fucking hell, like, walking through, because there's actually a moment where it's, like, you have to get through this uh, this two dirt walls, and it's just all these android hands just sticking out, and as you're going through, they obviously, like, come alive and all this shit, and it's just, like, it just seems very much reminiscent of, like, an android hell. Um, all the while, android it's, like... Android hell is a real place that you'll be sent to. <laughs> yeah, yeah, uh... Yes, thank you for that reference. Um, I, under, I understand that reference. Um, but yeah, it was just so many moments where I was just like, Jesus, this is some rough fucking shit. And not just like also the narratively mention that, but also what's really cool is that within the gameplay too, so like you have your eye busted, uh, your hearing is gone, and your chip is about to your core chip is about to like die out so you're about to like die out so like with all of these things so like the first thing that you one of the things that you repair is your ears so you just hear muffled noises so the entire time while you're interacting with all these other androids you're hearing just muffled sounds and they they kind of you can just barely hear them but it's not until you fix your hearing that's when it's like the full rush of the sound of the rain like because it's like a thunderstorm going on like you hear that come back and like then you can start hearing people clearly and then same thing with your busted eye like because some of your vision is like it's like scattered like it's Mm -hmm. not all there and it's not until you replace your eye that it fixes itself um so it was just nice little details of that 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 i was just like it was beyond just a narrative thing. It was like also affecting your gameplay as well. I think you sold of me on like... this fucking game, man. Like, <laughs> I really do. Like this sounds like right up my alley as far as like story and stuff. Yeah. Well, let me tell you about Nier. <laughs> <laughs> well, Steve, after 20 hours, you will beat Detroit. <laughs> well, that, so hey, I hope I, that's a sell, that, selling point. But then, for you. but then after 20 hours. Of near, it cracks open and gets even. I do want to play with them, but I think as far as the hours putting into something, Detroit right looks a little bit less daunting. Right, um, I would not disagree with that statement. So, so I don't know. I, I'm I am torn up because I did want to talk about it. Uh, From what you're saying, to... it sounds like a good fucking moment to me, man. 
Yeah. Mm, it sounds pretty damn powerful. Like, putting okay. yourself back together and, like, doing it by killing other androids, which basically, because you're saying this is, like, a, a story about, like, androids learning to think or learning this artificial intelligence, like, maybe right. understanding themselves and them almost seeming more human-like. So the fact that this android, you're this android, and you're walking through this fucking android cemetery and dismembering them right. and putting yourself back together, that's pretty fucking emotional. Yeah. Like, that's yeah, like some I wouldn't Blade eliminate that yet. shit, man. Like, that's okay. fucking... I think that... I, I Like, just from you explaining that makes me want to play that game a lot. Because <laughs> that's <laughs> yeah, just cool. That no, just sounds seriously. fucking cool to me. And like yeah. the fact that you're and, saying and, like it's muffled, and, then you put your you put your hearing back in, and it starts like that. Just like that change, and that like, mm-hmm. I don't know. That just sounds like a fucking cool thing to ha- to be able to yeah. experience. I okay. wouldn't. I wouldn't. I wouldn't strike it. Yeah. I, to me, that just sounds good. Okay. Uh, all right. Let me talk about way out because that's one that I played. Um, okay. So way out, we all know it's kind of like that cooperative trying to break out of prison and running from the cops or whatever. Mm-hmm. Uh, so the thing that struck with me with with a way out, the final act, was because you know you're you're playing as these two characters this entire time, and you you're both convicts. You both had your reasons of why you're in jail, and you're both working together despite like maybe you don't agree on everything. Um, but the final act of A Way Out is you find out that one of the characters was actually an undercover cop and he was just trying to get you, like the other character, uh, arrested for the crimes that he committed that was on his brother like forever ago, which was the reason why he was yeah. in jail to begin with. But he was basically bringing him more to justice. So the final act, like the entire time you're you're spending each other playing cooperatively, but then the game turns into a fucking versus where you're trying to kill each other. Oh man! And 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 it's like you both have guns and you both are trying to kill each other. So then you have to decide who. Who, like, you know, because you, you know both of their stories, like, all throughout. So then it's, like, who do you choose? Like, whose narrative do you want to see pull through? Like, do you want to see one of them to, like, escape and, and succeed and, 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 like, continue moving on? Or do you want to see the cop bust the guy that he's been chasing after for so long and even went under into cover to, Please like, tell stop me this guy? that the moron is the cop. The guy who eats hot dogs right off the grill. The no. guy who can just eat a plant. No. Damn it. The the hot-headed guy is the uh not the cop. Damn it. Yeah. So yeah, and and that whole segment for me cuz it was just like it was similar to Brothers where it just took that concept that you were with the whole fucking time and you were on board and you had expectations and then suddenly just flipped it on its fucking head and I was just like, holy shit. <laughs> right. Like I was like, this fundamentally changes how this game plays now because now we're going against each other instead of like one of us has to die. Like one of us has to choose who, who dies and who lives. 
and I thought that was that's just cool. fucking fucking awesome. Yeah, yeah. that's good. Uh, Android Hell has me sold more than that, but mm-hmm. right. And some of the other items here, but yeah, that is a really neat moment mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. that you you just don't see coming. So yeah, props to the final act of a way out. Mm-hmm. Do you think it hangs, Steve? I think it's I, cool. I mean, I don't know. Like, it, it it all depends on how Wally feels about it. Like, if he. Um, I yeah, I think I I think it's a neat little thing, and I was I was kind of uh, I did really like it, um, but I don't think it holds up for some okay. of these other ones. Okay, yeah, that's completely on your choice mm-hmm. to make. I'm just asking the question to make sure the question is asked. To, to right. me, like I think it sounds like a cool fucking moment, and mm-hmm. it's another game that I do want to play because I I really did like Brothers a lot and. I think it just seemed like there's some cool, like mechanics and just a cool. It's just a co- neat idea that they came mm-hmm. up with. <clears throat> okay. Um, Grand Central Station hostages. I'm willing to scrap mm-hmm. entirely, just because it it was just a neat little moment in Spider-Man that they they had neat little details yeah. in there. No, I agree. I think that that was a really cool moment. Um just the way that it unfolded was was really cool mm-hmm. but yeah I, w- okay. I would agree it probably doesn't hold up to some of the other ones uh and same thing with opening of spider-man mm-hmm. but uh, i i just say i just want to have a mention with the opening of marvel spider-man because it it gets you like in the mood to play that mm-hmm. fucking game oh yeah big time like just how it opens you're like fuck yeah, yeah. yeah. like i'm oh, ready totally. i'm ready to play this yeah. shit they they definitely do <laughs> Um, on mine, we can definitely scrap uh, trying to understand Gorgoa because that's more of a in your own brain moment. You know, it's not like it's not like that's a moment in the game. It's like a right. afterward. You're like, okay, let me think about what they were doing. It's more of a let me chew. Let on me this. chew on this. Let me try to think what they're trying to say in this basically piece of art so it's more of right. a your your own feeling in your own moment so it doesn't really i don't know i would say it doesn't okay. tie in with everything else hmm. well we're kind of dancing around it there's a whole bunch of god uh, of war, god of war yeah. on here yeah i think we should try uh, to cut some it's gonna be t- hard because the moments we're, are so good. we're gonna have to cut a lot of them yeah <laughs> well well steve's steve's finale and aunt may's death is the same thing i'm yeah. assuming okay okay Aunt may fucking dies in spider-man well, the, yeah that's for me this well, the spider-man no the spider-man finale is more of like just everything in that last like moment mm. when you're fighting doc okay. ock and like right. all the just all the emotions are unfolding in that game. Mm. And then Aunt May mm. dies, and all the, like fucking Miles is on the ceiling, and it's just like that. <laughs> They're like, "Oh shit, man!" And, and then and then he reveals himself to Miles. He's like, "Yep, I'm fucking Spider-Man." And yep. he's like, "Oh shit, man! I can climb walls too." And it's that like just that whole last like fifteen twenty minutes is so good. 
Which, which side note, they do develop that a little bit in the DLC, which I'm sure they'll probably do for the next game. Mm-hmm. But they do that a little bit in the DLC where it's like random times Miles will call you and he'll be like, hey, so uh, when, when are we going to start training? Oh. <laughs> like, can I, can I start swinging around? And he's like, no, no, don't start doing anything like that. Yeah. He's like, just just be a teenager, damn it. Like, <laughs> So I would say, yeah, I would strike Aunt May's death because that goes with the with the finale. Mm. Like, while he's okay. Dead. Okay. Um, fighting the stranger in God of War is really the opening salvo of God of War to try to get you up and ready for this game. You don't know who the hell this guy is. Mm -hmm. He seems like he can't feel any goddamn pain. No matter what you do, he just laughs at you and heals right up. Mm -hmm. It's a really good opening salvo into that world. And, and and also it's just from a point of like you've you know you can beat everything up until this point where it's like yeah. suddenly there's this like brick wall of a character that just can suddenly stop you mm-hmm. and even fight back better and harder mm-hmm. and faster mm-hmm. and you're like yes. and you get to a point where you're like oh oh god <laughs> yeah like even even Kratos starts asking like can I beat this guy. I think for me, I really love that moment. And I think a lot of it has to do with that's the first moment where you see how technically amazing this game is. Like, just with the Mm -hmm. cinematics and stuff, because there's no cuts. The cinematics. So they're flying through the fucking air, blowing, like, falling into sides of mountains and blowing through the side and, like, bashing each other's faces in and shit. And there's no cut. It's just cinematically, it's just so seamless. And it just. I don't know. That was the most, like, it really, like, brought me into the world, and I was like, holy fuck, man, this is crazy. Mm-hmm. Like, it's a, it's a hell of an opening, but for me, I don't think that if I had to choose even three moments from God of War, that would be one of them for me. Mm-hmm. I love it as an mm-hmm. opener, but there's so many other moments. <laughs> yeah, yeah. That I think no, I agree with that. Outshine this one, but it's it's a hell of a fucking opener. Yeah. And to kind of go off of that, I think that's how I felt with the the opening with Burning Mother because mm-hmm. that was that whole segment from that standpoint was like shit's about to get emotional. Like that's how this game is going to be. Like, and mm-hmm. that's how it sets that tone for the game. And, and yeah. that's that for me was like, this is going to be a very different ride. <laughs> yeah. Like, yeah. I mean, from that moment is when I was like, oh, this might be for me. Right. But yeah, I, I still think there are other moments that overshadow even that. Hmm. I don't know if I agree with that, but we'll get back to that. Yeah, we won't we won't eliminate it right now. Right. Um Fighting the Dragon, I'd I'd be okay to cross off just because it was just a cool fight. And it's a hell of a scene. Yeah, oh yeah. It's expertly choreographed how he lands right in the mouth at the end. <laughs> it's it's fucking great. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Definitely. And it is the Mario Odyssey crossover event <laughs> we needed. Right. Mm-hmm. 
but, but yeah, yeah I, it, I, it, yeah. great action yeah. scene. I think it's another one that's yeah, it's like fighting the stranger. It's like technically amazing in the the cinematography and everything of it is is so good, but it's like not the most emotionally impactful, you know, part mm-hmm. of the game. Yeah. Uh, I would go the same thing with the Atreus calls for the world serpent, mm-hmm. just because that was something that w- I didn't see coming, and it was suddenly like it was one of those things where it was just so high intense moment of just the the fight, the final fight with um, oh my god, why am I forgetting his name? Balder. Yeah, with Balder, uh, and. It was just something that was like Atreus took with what he learned from his journey about the world serpent and was able to just fucking quickly come up with this idea of calling for it and speaking in its tongue just because he heard enough to like kind of decipher it that it was like it was such a cool like big epic scene that happens where you're thinking on your feet. Yeah. Yeah. and, And like. And just seeing that fucking thing come hurling, just fucking terrifyingly hauling ass across the fucking land and just fucking chomps on that on that giant's head. Like, that was just... It, I mean, it was just fucking awesome. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, man. I mean, t- totally cool moment, but I think that there is still some other good moments that are probably better, I would say. Agreed. Like, just really fucking cool, but yeah, like... Uh, um, someone talk about the Blades of Chaos. Because <laughs> I, so, I, I talked a lot already. I feel like I'm the most qualified to talk about that. <laughs> uh, sure, sure. I, I, loved, I loved how all of the advertisements and everything in that game is basically, oh, it's the axe, this isn't the Kratos you've known, and all of that, and they build it up as this completely alien and different version of Kratos. Mm-hmm. And then suddenly Atreus falls ill, and you have to go to hell, and mm-hmm. you can't use fire in, or you can't use the frost axe in hell. They're like, no, you need another weapon, ice will do nothing to them. Mm-hmm. And it's like, wait, shit, are they are they really gonna do this? Because even having never played them, I was aware of the Blades of Chaos, and mm-hmm. they're always fire because that's the only thing on any of the covers. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. In the fact that whole somber moment of getting back, unraveling them, watching him take off his wrist wraps, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. seeing the scars, and seeing him put them back on, and you're like, no fucking way, they're gonna give you these again. Mm-hmm. They're gonna fucking give you these again, mm. and ha- it, man, it was even as someone who has no affinity for that franchise, that was an amazing moment, an amazing pivotal moment that is both mechanically fantastic, but also narratively the idea that you cannot escape your past, mm-hmm. yeah. which is such a relevant theme in that entire game. Mm-hmm. Right. Yeah, yeah, exactly. The way that he's, like, Ugh. trying not to tell Atreus about his past, you know? And then he's like, the only way I can save my son is by telling him he's a fucking guy. Yeah. The mm. one thing he didn't want to do, because obviously he knew once he goes to get these Blades of Chaos, 
his son is going to be like, what the fuck are those things? And then he's going yeah. to have to explain to him that he's right. born from God. Which he never did, by the never, way. Yeah. Like, he never pointed out, like, hey, what are those weapons? Which I thought that would have been literally yeah, the first thing Atreus would have said. Bit... But he didn't. And I'm like, what the well, fuck? Okay, if you want to analyze that game, there's a number of points where, like, <laughs> yeah. Freya doesn't notice the arrowhead that was used to, to repair like, right. yeah. after she freaks out about everything else, and it's fucking bright green right now. <laughs> yeah, right, right. Oh, yeah. No, there's definitely... You, you got to suspend disbelief at yeah. oh, Right. But still, overall, but... that moment, like, yeah, that I think that was my favorite moment just because... Um, just because of that. And it's like, like yeah. you said, Darren, you're not a fan of the game, but it still was like, you weren't a fan of the old games, but it still was powerful. Yeah. For you. So they did. For me, like, I think that is a standout moment. That's one of the top moments yeah. of that entire game. And I for mean, me. it is so powerful because it is a somber, like trek back to be like, fuck. Yeah. Like, oh this, yeah. These are things. Well, yeah. Cause like also, again, you know, like, cause also like there's, uh, because there's, like, all the storm and mm-hmm. everything that was going on because, like, things were starting to get thrown out of balance. And so... And you're getting attacked by the same frozen monsters that you will in hell, and your mm-hmm. axe isn't doing shit to yeah. them. Right. And you have to grind through those to get the blades. It's mechanically such a great teaching moment, yeah. too, of, like, hey, this axe isn't worth shit. You have to throw away your axe and then fight them with your fist. Yeah. yeah. And, yeah, it, it I, was really cool. I... And and also as someone who has gone through the games, I thought like one of the the one part for me during that whole segment that had me saying, Oh shit, I mean, besides the getting the Blades of Chaos, but it was also on that boat ride back when Kratos was sitting there quietly mm-hmm. and it was just bringing him down the ravine and then Athena shows up. Oh yeah. And then he and and because she was always the little voice in his head that was always like you're a monster like all these things like you you've done all these horrible things like you'll always regret him like she was always that negative influence to him all the fucking time so like the fact that that you know while he's in his own head that she pops she pops in and he's just like get out of my head athena Mm -hmm. and how even while he's getting those blades of chaos like she's at the doorway fucking still doing her bullshit of being like you know, you're still a monster and blah, 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 no matter what you do, no matter how, where you run. But, like, I thought it was really great for him. He turned character and realized that he was at his turning point of accepting his past was because he said, uh, he's like, I may be a monster, but I'm not your monster anymore. And then that's yeah. when she, like, disappears and then it goes into the gameplay which then yeah. it feels like you're, you're fucking reuniting with an old friend when you're fucking swinging those things around for the first time. <laughs> Whereas for me, it felt like a refreshing change of pace mm-hmm. for the mm-hmm. game because they play so differently. Yeah. Right. I think we are insane if getting the Blades of Chaos <laughs> is not on this list. Yeah. I think we have lost our goddamn <laughs> collective minds. Okay. See, because this is... This uh, one's going to be This hard. is where I'm... This is where I'm torn because I mean it is every year, but because uh, mm-hmm. because Atreus discovering a god, he's a god, was also another pivotal moment where Atreus, like I I think of it more of a from a mechanical standpoint, uh, 
because once he learns he's a god, he gets increasingly re- more rebellious. Like he, he'll start doing his own things. Yeah. Like because because there was there was the fight on in the mountain that I realized that suddenly he was firing off arrows and I never pushed the button and I was yeah, like what the he's what the fuck mm-hmm. yeah and then and then he was like switching and then using abilities and I was like what the fuck and then like and then I would push the button to be like all right fired him and then like there was literally like Kratos was like Atreus like he calls out for him and Atreus even went no. And that was it. That's all he said. He just said no. And I was like, are you fucking kidding me? Like, this little shit is, like, disobeying yeah. me now. Like, so I just felt like, I felt like Kratos, where it was just, like, he's starting to fucking turn on me and totally disobeying my orders and, like, just from a gameplay standpoint as well. Like, also with narratively, because that's just how Atreus was going in that path. And I thought yeah. just that whole segment was just so fucking well done. His whole rebellious phase really struck me as a portion that I really disliked. But that's the point. Yeah, yeah. you're well, supposed yeah. to fucking. Oh god, hate I hated it at that point. I was like, "Fuck that yeah. character, fucker." <laughs> but yeah, that, that right. was definitely they were they were trying to make you hate him. I think like just because oh, he yeah. is so rebellious, and he's like, "No, nah, I'm not gonna do that." But I I think that mm. that added so much to the game because mechanically you kind of mm. rely on him at times. You're like shit. I need to stunt. He needs to stun this dude or whatever. And then the fact mm-hmm. that he's not doing it is like really fucking frustrating. Which mm-hmm. is a cool yeah. thing that they did. Uh, so let me tell you about ending E to near <laughs> Automata. Right. So. Ending A, you play through as 2B, all of the events, blah, blah, blah. Uh, Ending B, you play through the same events as 9S, so you get Mm -hmm. a different perspective of it. Endings C and D pick up from the collective ends of points A and B, but you're playing as a new character named A2 Mm -hmm. because 2B dies at the end of A and B. You play through her death. You see death from her perspective. Mm -hmm. A2 was an earlier model that 2B was based off of. And she's rebellious and just doesn't like anything to do with Yorha or anything going on with that. Mm -hmm. So it's this whole story of 9S rebelling because 2B is dead and going on a rampage trying to murder everything. And A2 trying to take down Yorha. Mm. Once you get through to the ending, literally ending C and D are pick who you play as during the final confrontation, you fight the other character and kill them. Mm. So those two endings are part and parcel basically the same thing, just from different perspectives. Ending E happens after the credits of either ending C or D. When you play through the credits, it's kind of similar to Smash Brothers, but a lot harder. It is a top-down bullet hell shooter where you are fighting the credits. Okay. But it gets increasingly more difficult, and you can die and lose during Mm. that credit sequence. After you start losing enough, the little pods will come down and say, Hey, you know, this seems pretty difficult for you. Do you want to accept help? Mm Mm-hmm. And you can fight and say no, fight and say no. And if you're really, really good, you could probably do it without assistance. Right. 
but inevitably you should probably accept ex assistance. And then at that point, you get a whole bunch of little triangles around you to help fight the credits. And every time you get hit, it shows a username. And you're like, that's fucking weird. What the hell is that? Hmm. By the time you get to the end of the entirety of the credits, the pods come down and go, okay, it looks like you had some trouble. Would you like to extend assistance to the next people who play near Automata? Hmm. If you say, yes, I want to help, because they list off all of the other users that helped you, mm. they're like, okay, you have to understand that each of these players who helped you did it at great sacrifice. Are you mm. willing to accept whatever the sacrifice is? Mm. And it asks you four or five times. <laughs> By the time you accept, it goes all right, and it deletes every save file for near that you have on your <laughs> system <laughs> to sacrifice your progress in your story so that someone else who also plays the credits gets assistance later on. Mm. I no longer have any near save data on my <laughs> PS4 because of ending E. Mm. And it's it's all part and parcel with the greater story of near being personal sacrifice for the ev evolution of everyone else. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And it is an amazing, amazing moment. And that alone makes me want to play through it again, despite having to grind for 50, 60 hours <laughs> and for it to ultimately be the point of erase it and let it go mm. it's incredible and i've never seen a game play with save files like that you know i think that's more interesting than pascal's evacuation i would be okay with that pascal's evacuation is near and dear to my heart but ending e has such a more interesting mechanical and mm. personal story to yeah. it right yeah it's fucking really cool yeah, it's and that's why I kept telling you, Wally, if you're playing it, make sure you don't do ending E until you're completely done with it. <laughs> because otherwise it will just erase fucking everything and you'll mm. never see all the other endings. Mm-hmm. Uh, Alright, I should uh, probably talk about Celeste. Yes. yes. Okay. Go ahead. Um, so, the Celeste finale is just the, the build-up of... So throughout the game, you're obviously fighting yourself who's battling, and <clears throat> she's like this super powerful uh, being, and you just you can't defeat her. Um, and as you go on, <clears throat> you start to understand yourself more and the world or whatever and your friends and love and your family and all of that stuff until finally it becomes like, the only way to beat this is you have to accept all of your like misgivings as a human being, all of your flaws as a human, all, everything that you dislike about yourself, you have to accept it and you have to mm -hmm. come together. So now you come together with Badalyn and you just like the mechanics completely change in the game. You get more abilities like oh wow. Yeah, it just, it's really cool and like there's just like these amazing moments of so um there's like this little red circular like bubble thing that once you collect it you now uh like come together and you fly around each other and then you shoot up and then you keep like you have to keep collecting these until you 
finally just come together and then it's just a, it's just an amazing moment of like discovering yourself and discovering your flaws but understanding that that's you and that's who you and are being okay being with okay those flaws with and, and using it as a mechanic in your game is just it's beautiful and it's just it was so awesome like it's just that mm. moment where you build up and the game is so fucking hard and it tells you how many times you've died and you're just like jesus christ and then finally you make it to the end but it's like and it, and it also uses that whole like notion of like hey you died this many times but that was all just a test and all just like an example of your perseverance and how how great you are this is how many times you've died but you used all of those moments to keep going and learn from those mistakes and it's just so Fuck. fucking awesome that they do that like and they do it for everything in that game where it's just like the, how many times you've died but they don't spell it in like oh wow you suck at this game they put it as right. like a wow you persevered learning moments and this is how that's awesome. much you went through you know this is all the shit that you went through to beat this fucking thing and it's just like the whole you know it it's it's sorry to jump in but oh, it's, okay. it's this this made me think because during the the game awards when celeste was up there for i think they won for something they won indie uh, game of the year i know that that's right that's what yeah. it was and and when they were up there and when they said like you know, uh, they talked about depression and pushing on and, you know, saying the, the you matter message and, and everything like that. I was like, huh, that's kind of weird for a game like that. That's just a platformer that you're <laughs> fucking climbing a mountain. Yeah. Why the fuck yeah. would they say that? Like, I felt like that was kind of weird. And then, you know, like I had a feeling it probably had to do with something with the story. So that's why, like, you know, with you telling that that whole finale, it's like, okay, mm-hmm. like. I I get that's it's yeah. like it's kind of like they kind of spoil it but not really like they just it was yeah. more of they just said a message that like out of context it's like okay sh- yeah. sure great message like but well, with remember that was also nominated for game of the year <laughs> yeah. awards yeah so that's pretty fucking huge yeah yeah and I think and it is it is man. a game about depression and it's a game about like understanding that it is an issue and because I, I i think there is um there is kind of a stigma on people who say that they have depression you know so it's mm. oh yeah it's a thing that we need to understand and i think this game really hits it like it really hits on how it feels to like despise yourself you know and how mm. you can overcome that and you can persevere and it's just for them to do it in this like little simple like metroidvania style game for them to pull it off and be and it be that powerful like that's where like i don't know just that moment is amazing to me and i really like mm. when i hit that it's like that like it's just i don't know all of your hard work just comes out because it is a hard ass game too so you're just like and it is a game of of like oh i see this cliff over there i need to get there somehow how do i do it oh if i shoot myself over this way oh shit i hit spikes I can't do that, you know, and it's just this, like, it is, it's all just a learning, you know, it's not like you're, sometimes you see it on the first try, but most of the time it's just like, fuck, if I do that, I, that, and it's just all about learning, and it's, that, that finale just hits it all, all, everything comes together, and, yeah, it's just an amazing moment. All right, we gotta bring out the (laughs) knives. Yeah, this is is a tough one. So, so I think 
I think we can axe the ending of Spider-Man because um, yeah. a- as much of a, an emotional moment as it was, it was not for everything else. Yeah. But I, the only reason why I, I think it made it this far was just because my point just being, it was a fucking ballsy-ass move mm-hmm. for them to do that. Yeah, no, I agree. And be like, like, they're like, we're fucking killing Aunt May. And I was like, Jesus. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like, because, uh, you know, that's like the last of what Peter has. And, like, I thought that was super fucking daring. But, yeah, I mean, compared yeah. to everything else, it's, and the, it's like... And the way that they do it is he has to make a decision. Because he's almost, like, contemplating, you know, where he's like... Yep, choices. Choices and responsibility. Because like, that's, save a, her now, that's where it comes down. saved her, everyone else who has that issue would die. The, the disease, it, yeah. It's that, like, it's that moment. And that's how they make it so powerful, too, is, like, mm. you... He had the choice, you know, but it's he's Peter Parker and he's power. Uh, and the worst part is too is like he's about to do it, and then she looks at him and she says, "You know what you need to do." Mm-hmm. Yeah. Oh man. Like she good. says, she says that also, and then like that's when he's like, she starts flatlining. Yeah. Like after she says oh, that, Jesus. And then that's when it's like he <laughs> yeah. goes over to the thing to like try to. Do, he's like about to inject it into the IV, but then you know, then he comes to terms with it, and then lets it go yeah so that way he could save the the city of new york god damn yeah i think yeah. yeah it definitely deserves props but yeah i think it can be taken out too Mm-hmm. why don't we try this on for size for final three blades of chaos the celeste finale and ending e to near does that how's how's that fit you uh part of me Part of me isn't sure about Marcus for some reason. Like after I talked about it, it was like almost I convinced myself that it. That it's not, a really good. Uh, <laughs> I mean, I don't, I don't, I don't think it should win. Yeah. But I think it's also a really great moment. Not to say that the others aren't. Mm-hmm. Um, right. Yeah. I. I mean, I. Uh, I don't know. I'm okay with that. I think. Obviously, because what I. <laughs> <laughs> what I argued for is in there, <laughs> but Wally still has kind of right. a couple more that he really likes. So he does. Uh, I mean, the 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 Atreus discovering he's a god. I'm I'm willing to. I mean, that's a All real right. good moment. It's right. one of the few genuinely funny moments in that mm-hmm. game. He's like, mm. "Can I turn into animals?" <laughs> right. Listen. Once you right. find out he's Loki, there's some shit that he does yeah. with, as a horse that <laughs> right. is. Um, I mean, not great. The the opening I can I can axe because even though yes it did set the theme of that game, that's that might not be for everybody. Like right. that was just for me to be like, damn, I'm ready. I'm it's gonna be an emotional ride. <laughs> that was yep. that was how I felt about that game. So I'm willing to axe it just because like there are some other moments that's just like you like really don't see. Um hmm. God, Android Hell was so good, though. I mean, you sold me on it. <laughs> like, you, you sold me, sold on, me too. on definitely wanting to play the game at least. Right. The thing that I keep coming back to 
and again, I haven't experienced the scene. I haven't experienced that game, so mm-hmm. I, I don't really have. Right. But the, the, I guess the test that I have in my mind is: is this something that I will remember about that game if someone mentions that title? Is this something that will make me go, "Oh shit, there's this part." Mm. And for me, ending E of Near is definitely one of those. Mm-hmm. The ending to Celeste sounds like it would definitely be one of those. Mm. Is Marcus going through Android Hell? If three years from now someone says, "Hey, I want to play Detroit Become Human," would that scene immediately pop into your head? Because I know for other David Cage games, I don't really remember a goddamn thing other than giant bugs in <laughs> Indigo Prophecy. Oh God, and. When it bugged out for me for uh, Heavy Rain in the final scene where oh, I could geez. keep having the the father scream out Sean. And that was a bug. In the beginning? You don't remember the beginning of Heavy Rain where he's no, no, running no. through the oh, crowd? <laughs> yes. Yes. But I, rem- I remember <laughs> him <laughs> screaming Sean as he was climbing right. the goddamn crane. Yeah. Because it bugged out, and I could continue to yell Sean. You know, there's actually a lot of moments in Heavy Rain that now that I'm thinking about, I remember them. <laughs> like, there's just some weird things. Uh, the, f- the finger scene. Oh, yeah. Oh, oh God. Oh, <laughs> yeah. Oh, God. Mm-hmm. That's, that's the scene I always think of whenever I think of Heavy Rain, oh, because God. that was the most intense moment of that. Um... I don't know, because, like, yeah, I mean, I guess when I think of Detroit, there's, like, so many other... Mm-hmm. I mean, that that scene stands out, but there's also a lot of other scenes that I think about as well on top of that I'm just like, man, that's real fucking good, like, as well. Um, yeah, so would my mind go exactly to this if, if you were to ask me about Detroit, like, years from now? Mm-hmm. No, probably not. I would actually probably think about fucking... Connor and Connor and Hank. <laughs> Honestly, like I would be like, yeah, because fucking Connor and Hank is great in that in that game. Um, right. Yeah. So I'd be I'd be. Listen, it it you've sold both Steve and I on that game based <laughs> off of the power of that scene. Right. It is getting its its due. It's getting its props right now. And that's still in the first third of that game. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so, um, yeah. Okay. Yeah. I yeah. I can. I'm willing to ask that. And and with Atreus discovering his god, I think I think the Blades of Chaos is definitely much a much stronger emotional moment. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and really was. A more of a holy shit, especially once you get the Blades of Chaos, and it, it mm-hmm. again of one of those things where it was like, it's it's old, it's familiar, but it's new at the same time, right? Because it's in this setting, and like just that feeling once you step out of the house, and it just gives you fucking fodder to just slaughter with those Blades yeah. of Chaos. You're just like fuck yeah. In, like, in a game about scenes of just feeling powerful, that's one of yeah. the stronger moments. Oh, yes. Mm-hmm. Yeah, okay. 
So those are our top three. Blades of Chaos, the Celeste Finale, and Ending E to Near Automata. Oh, wow. Ending... This is hard. <laughs> God dang. To encapsulate this year, I would I would put Blades of Chaos as like the biggest oh shit sea change and all, like that scene in and of itself is so indicative of the themes and the story of the new God of War mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. that you can distill that entire game down to that scene. Yeah. Kratos trying to hide his past, mm-hmm. realizing that he can't because he is trying to save his son from death itself. Mm-hmm. I I feel like I I would be okay with that taking it. Mm-hmm. Mm. Yeah, I'm actually okay with that taking it because I think, like, although I think my favorite moment is the Celeste finale, I think that's. Like, it's more of a personal moment and how you feel in the moment mm-hmm. rather than that's just an awesome moment in a game and showing a character and showing this. It's more of a personal, like, I felt passionate in that moment, you know? And will everyone feel that the same? Not necessarily. Yeah. <clears throat> I mean, that's... Ending E will stick with me forever, mm-hmm. and I will be happy with that. But for this year, encapsulation of that, the yeah, the Blades of Chaos, that was really the moment that I was like, okay, okay. Mm-hmm. I am now completely on board with everything that you have to say, game. <laughs> it's it's kind of funny because you you kind of sold me on ending E, Darren. But like at the same time, a part of me is also like. Okay, with how I feel about that game, <laughs> would I have been fucking livid if the or game erased and then it was like, yeah, well, it's gone. Well, <laughs> like, it it warns it warns you plenty of times ahead of time so that you know what it's going to do. Okay, it's like, okay, do you want to sacrifice? This will right. delete all of your save data. Okay. Are you absolutely sure you want to delete all of your save data? All right. Like it, it, it does the work to make sure it doesn't catch you by surprise that it okay. is deleting everything. Okay. Because I started down that path at the end, and it's like, oh wait, no, I want to see all the other endings. Mm. So I went, I went back. Mm. It's, it's so good. But there you go. That'll do it. <laughs> Your moment of the year: the Blades of Chaos from God of War. The finale to Celeste and ending E to near Automata. So that that's the thing with ending E too is that it's a brilliant encapsulation of all of your time that you've dumped into that game. <laughs> it's now gone. Mm-hmm. It's the only game I've platinumed on PS4. Oh, nice. Well, there's a merchant that literally lets you buy the trophies, and it's beautiful. <laughs> I just bought all of them, <laughs> including the platinum. That's good. Uh, all right, so to recap this episode, best story goes to God of War with runners-up of Spider-Man and Near Automata. Disappointment of the year goes to Sea of Thieves with runners-up of Fix PUBG and Nintendo Switch Online. Surprise of the year goes to Call of Duty Black Ops 4 with runners-up of Darren Likes God of War <laughs> and Detroit Become Human. 
Uh, moment of the year goes to fi- uh, the Blades of Chaos from God of War, the finale to Celeste, and ending E to Nier Automata. Join us next episode. It is the last episode. We are finally going to run down our top five ordered list games of the year.